We'll get to hear from a legal brain who describes the latest decision as not only ill-advised, but embarrassing as well. The way they're going about it is very embarrassing. What it means is that somebody is not advising the IGP or their legal department is not doing a good work. They're not doing a good work at all. But is the IGP simply insulating himself from a similar process because he may be invited by the ad hoc committee? You want to stay for details. Also, banks operating in the country have served notice they will not participate in another domestic debt exchange program in any form as they demand firm assurance from government that the exercise is over. As banks, we are not looking forward to any kind of whatever name you have it for it, mm. but we, we are not looking forward to any kind of um, exchange mm. or the debt operations or whatever technology. <laughs> The industry has taken too much hit. But the finance ministry has indicated that it is far from over as it urges the banks to participate in the yet-to-be-opened exchange. They will face challenges such as liquidity to, to pay and then also tradability of their bonds for them. Eventually, their bonds will lose value. And, and so when we reopen, uh, it is in their interest uh, to, to participate. Also in this package, High Court delivers a scathing rebuke of the special prosecutor over the dismissal of the money seizure request in the Cecilia de Par case. More plus, we speak to a lawyer on the reasons adduced by the court and whether the OSP stands a chance in its latest attempt to confirm the seizure of the properties. We have sports. Ghana qualifies for the 10th successive AFCON, but many are unhappy with the team's performance. And much later, massive African swine fever outbreak ravaging pig farms in Kweu West Municipality killing almost 600 pigs. Up to date, we have over 530 uh, pigs and piglets that have already died. Now we have only 20 uh, uh, piglets left. That's and more in this afternoon's edition of the Midday News. I am MFA Apau, and this is your home of independent, fearless and credible journalism. This is Joy News. Please stay on for details. Many thanks for your company. Let's dig in now in the interdiction of three police officers who are the center of a leak tape in which they were purportedly involved in a scheme to remove the IGP. Dr. George Ekufudampari has been suspended. The initial action was taken against COP Alex Mensah, Superintendent George Asari and Superintendent Eric Emmanuel Jibi was to facilitate internal disciplinary proceedings in accordance with police regulations. However, this decision faced resistance from the affected officers and and the illegal representatives plus the public who deemed it contemptuous to the ongoing investigations by Parliament's ad hoc committee. Now, as a result of the backlash and mounting concerns, a police management meeting was convened yesterday, we are told, leading to the suspension of the decision. But Alfred Papa Dakwa, lawyer for Superintendent George Asari, suspects the decision is to yield the, or shield the IGP from also being interdicted as he makes an appearance before the committee. It could be because the precedent they had set was that if you appear before the parliamentary inquiry as a police officer, you are going to be interdicted. So if the IGP is appearing before the committee, it means that he, he, has, he has set the roadmap that he would have to step aside. That is what it actually meant. So it's a way of he also circumventing his own rules. So because of that, I mean, let's suspend the interdict. Because I think they ought to have known right from day one. This tape was released over a month ago. I'm sure the police got copies of the tape. They, they, they never thought of uh, interdicting them and conducting investigations. It's only when Parliament began its work, and even that nothing happened until names began, the, the witnesses began to mention some names, then the, they, they decided to interdict them. You understand? Because it, clearly it's an afterthought. 
Well, let's take a look at uh, the exact communication from the Ghana Police Service on this matter. Elton, I know it's a brief statement. Mm. What does it say? So it says, following the interdiction of COP George Alex Mensah, Mr. Emmanuel Eric Jevi and George Asari in connection with the leaked audio tape, the police administration would commence disciplinary proceedings into their conduct upon completion of the ongoing probe by parliament. In order not to produce the ongoing probe, the police administration has suspended their interdiction. Hmm. <laughs> Meanwhile, private legal practitioner Kweku Pencil says the decision to reverse the interdiction is ill-advised and embarrassing. And even though, in my honest view, he did not, they now claim to have withdrawn the interdiction, it is giving the public an idea of what he wants to do. And even what I'm hearing is even worse. In other words, they are talking about disciplining hearing. That's a presumption that what they've heard so far suggests or is, or is indicative that something wrong has taken place. But that's not proper. Because Parliament has not finished its inquiry. They have not come out with their findings and facts and uh, what do you call recommendations or whatever it is. So where did they form the view that there is prima facie evidence or there is a case to go for a discipline hearing? And if it is so, why then they waiting? What are they waiting for? If they have reason to believe that some wrong has been done or some indiscipline, there's some evidence that suggests there's discipline, then they don't even need to wait for parliament to finish this work at all. You know, so I, I'm thinking that the way they're going about it is very embarrassing. What it means is that somebody is not advising the IGP or their legal department is not doing a good work. They are not doing a good work at all because under the Police Service Act and under the police regulations, there's no requirement for them to wait for Parliament to finish its work at all. That's a quick pencil. He's a legal practitioner. Thankfully, Alfred Papa Dakwa, lawyer for Superintendent George Asari, joins us on the line. Thank you so much, Papa, for your time here on the Midday News. So let me find out if your client has officially been communicated to about the reversal of his interdiction. Good afternoon, if I, um, Superintendent number one was not even informed about his interdiction in the first place, and he has not received any uh, notice reversing the interdiction. All these things we hear in the news. That's interesting. So um, since you heard this in the news, though, did we take any steps to find out from the Ghana Police Service first about the interdiction and then about the reversal? You know, both communications emanated from their official, official handles. Mm. At least I saw that on their Twitter handle, and I think that uh, we consider it as a proper uh, notice coming from them, and it has not been denied, so we take it as it is. Mm. But how is he then receiving uh, this uh, latest uh, reversal, though? Is he relieved? What exactly is the thought in your camp? Oh, you know, we we are focused. We, you know, because of the parliamentary probe, uh, we're going back on Tuesday. So he's focused about it. I mean, uh, we just want this thing to get done so that he can continue with his normal police work. Mm. And I take it since you've you've taken us to Tuesday, I take it that the committee has already informed you about the in-camera hearing. We are told that the IGP himself will also be part of this process. Do we know how, which form it would actually take? We've not been told which form it will take, but if my memory serves me right, I think at the last time the committee chair did indicate that there's a possibility that we may be even be given opportunities to cross-examine each other. And we are just waiting for Tuesday just to see what's going to happen. Mm. 
Mm. Well, Papa, we are grateful uh, for your time. That's Alfred Papa Dakwa, his lawyer for Superintendent George Asari. Well, this uh, particular story keeps evolving, and my colleague uh, Samuel Imbura has been monitoring it all for us, and he joins me in studio uh, with what we are learning from what is supposed to happen um, going forward with this in-camera hearing amongst others. Uh, so uh, we, we are told, um, we are learning more about this particular process. Tell us more. Yeah, so the IGP and all interested parties are supposed to appear before the uh, committee investigating the leak tape on Tuesday. Uh, so this is um, to help them unravel the revelations so far um, as uh, witnessed. Um, in the proceedings. Okay, but um, we've been learning more also from the police service. The IGP are the center of the probe, both at the parliamentary level and yet to start a police probe as well. What exactly are you learning from the office of the IGP? MFR, we know the Police Management Board is the second highest decision-making body of the Ghana Police Service and it is chaired by the IGP Akufudampari. The IGP then serves as an intermediary between the Management Board and the Police Council headed by the Vice President, Dr. Mahmoud Baumia. This is where the decisions are taken on issues of concern about the service, including the current allegations about the police administration under George Akufu-Dampari. So in order not to be a judge in his own court, mm -hmm. the information gathered indicates that Dampari has decided to recuse himself from the disciplinary actions to allow the police management board members and the police council to decide the fate of COP Alex Mensah, Superintendent George Asari and Superintendent Emmanuel Eric Jebi. Okay, so that's the latest decision from the office of uh, the IGP. But of course, we are monitoring uh, this particular story closely. Uh, we are seeing more videos also emerging. Another uh, leaked tape also coming up. But let me take you to the High Court now. And the High Court presided by Justice Edward Chum has published his full reasoning behind the decision to order the special prosecutor to release millions of money seized from sanitation minister, former sanitation minister Cecilia Abnadapa. The court has refused to confirm the seizure of the amount. The special prosecutor has expressed strong disapproval of the court's decision despite complying with the others. The special prosecutor has, however, announced that the said alleged tainted property has been seized again and it will proceed to court to confirm the seizure order. Kweku Asante of our legal desk joins me in studio uh, with details of this particular story. Kweku, first give us the reasons of the court when it said the seven days window allowed by law for the special prosecutor to apply for the seizure confirmation had elapsed. MFR, so section 32.2 of Act 959, which is the Special Prosecutor's Law, mandates the Special Prosecutor to seek confirmation of seizure of suspected tainted property in seven days. According to the court, he, the, the, the judge said he believed that the seven days had fully elapsed at the time the court made that confirmation seizure order when the Special Prosecutor went to court. And so the court did not agree with the Special Prosecutor when he said that he had not concluded the investigation at the time the seizure was done. Well, the judge gives details as to why he does not believe the case has been made uh, to allege the money seized was tainted property. In fact, it says that it is obvious from the submission by counsel for the applicant that there is doubt as to the true ownership of the alleged tainted property. Mm. Admittedly, it was found in the matrimonial home of the respondent, that is Cecilia Dapa, where Cecilia Dapa and the husband stays. There is also evidence that the respondent and the spouse jointly reported the matter to the police. If you look at the judgment of the, of the judge, mm -hmm. he insists that the special prosecutor was simply acting on public emotions and a sentiment that had been expressed and did not prove his case in court. Okay, finally though, what did the judge say about the money found in the house of Sleda Pai in particular? The judge goes on to say that there was 
a number of days after the matter had become public before the special prosecutor proceeded to the house of Cecilia Dapa to search, the judge says if Madame Cecilia Dapa wanted to hide that money, she could have taken steps to dissipate that amount of money. And since that amount of money was still there in the house, days after the matter became public, it perhaps shows that Madame Cecilia Dapa had nothing to hide. Well, details from that ruling there. Thankfully, uh, we've been joined on the phone by uh, Martin Kibu, um, legal practitioner on this. He's been reading this particular judgment, joins me on the line uh, with details. Thank you so much uh, for your time here on the Midday News, Mr. Kibu. So, having read the judgment of the court, do you believe that the reasoning behind refusing the application of the OSP is cogent enough? Uh, I've always said that there are two uh, applications, so I have two different answers. I have, yes, the reasons are enough for the freezing order. That's the refusal of the freezing order, but not enough for the refusal of the seizure of the currency. As the money, the $590,000, and then the uh, the $2.7 And as you see, having read the judgment, I've seen, you see, in law, they tell you that there are various schools of thought or philosophies, okay? So you'll find the literal interpretation, then you find a purposive approach. Even in the same judgment, in one part, the judge was strictly literal on the seizure. So he said that, look, come within seven days. Anything short of seven days, he's not buying it. And he used Supreme Court decisions to uh, fortify his position. There are also other Supreme Court decisions where timelines are not uh, obeyed. And the court says, yes, go on. Like I've given a a number of examples. Even judgment. You see the judgment that court uh, itself gave. There are timelines, yet the Supreme Court has whittled down the timelines. That's ex-party EPP. There are several other examples where the Supreme Court has shut down timelines. So it's a question of mm. the judge's personal philosophy, meaning that he wanted to go with the literalist approach. Okay. If he wanted to cover and say the currency seizure should continue, he could have found other cases in the same Supreme Court that would have supported, but that was his choice. Now when it comes to the freezing order so you see that in the freezing area he then showed people uh, the use of the purposive approach where if you just go by the black letter of the law you cause an absurdity so under section 40 the judge reasoned that hey you know the, uh, madame dapas lawyers argued that they needed to satisfy all the grounds in section 40. that's to say apart from the uh, matter being investigated there was also the need for them to show that the um, they needed the possession, okay? In such a, the property is tainted. Okay. The property is painted, tainted, right? And that a confiscation order would be made. They wanted all of this to be satisfied, apart from the special prosecutor showing that he's investigating. Well, Mr. Kibu, then it, it raises the question now that the special prosecutor is going back uh, for the same judge or another judge to grant his seizure or confirmation of refreezing of this asset. Is he going to get it as a standard chance in the first place, you'd say? Sorry, I lost the last part. I said, does he stand a chance? I'm asking if he stands the chance of convincing the same judge or another judge to grant his seizure to refreeze the assets. Yes, yes, he stands a very reasonable chance. And it's allowed in law. In law, you can repeat an application, like what the special procedure is done, when there are new circumstances. So under the seven-day rule, you see that the special prosecutor gave the money back to Madame Dapa. Then Madame Dapa left, and then they rearrested her and took the money from her. So the seven days have started counting. So even if you do a literalist approach, mm-hmm. the special prosecutor has scaled that hurdle 
when it comes to the seizure of the currency. Okay. Now, when it comes to the freezing, the same way that they unfroze the account and then they refrozen. Okay. So the time is beginning to count. So I mean, hopefully, the uh, that should get the order this time. And also, let's not forget, we don't say it openly too much, but public opinion is very important. I'm sure the message is sent very clear that public are being for the blood of the <laughs> this and all the persons involved. Okay. Well, Mr. Kwebu, we're indeed grateful for making time to be with us here on the Midday News. We're still on matters of law. And the High Court in Accra has given the Ghana Police Service seven days to change the title of its injunction application seeking to debar the minority in Parliament's protest against the Governor of the Bank of Ghana, Dr. Ernest Addison, and his two deputies in the ruling today. The court presided by Justice Edward Chum said the use of Republic as a title on the application brought by the Ghana Police Service was a mere misnomer on behalf of lawyers of the police service. Kwekwasante is still with me in the studios. Um, well, so w- what exactly does that mean then for the protests? We understand there will be a meeting at 2 p.m. between the police and the minority leadership to flesh out this, but a substantive matter is still pending because the NDC had only raised a technical argument and the court has given the police up to 18th September. Mm. But that means that the protest date has been shifting and the minority are raising against them to come to some agreement with the police so that the protest can go ahead. Okay, thank you very much, Kweku. Now, the West African uh, EC. West African um, uh, YEC, we are told, uh, bemoans a West widespread examination, more practices in the conduct of 2023 WASI. The council says the more practices are so much that it is currently tallying and categorizing them in order to come up with the number of students, teachers, and supervisors involved in it. John Kapi is head of public affairs at YEC. Um, we are actually taking uh, a tally of them. Each, each day comes with a certain number. Um, the numbers are so overwhelming, we need to take, we are trying to categorize them. And so for now, we'll not be able to give you a round figure, but you can be sure that the numbers are, you know, quite, quite big. Um, we have also, uh, we've mentioned Otu Memorial, we've mentioned uh, Mountain High, we've mentioned um, um, Edu Jemfi Senior High School, we've mentioned Only Believe, we've mentioned Christian IPS, we've mentioned Ideal. So um, there are still a lot more reports that are coming in. Every day we get reports, and each time we have to sit down and synthesize all of this in order that we can place them in the appropriate categories. Well, my colleague, Kwesia Dei Kwating, is at that news conference, joins me with more from what we are learning from WAEC. So, um, Kwesi, uh, what exactly are these more practices mentioned? Well, thank you, MFR. So the head of the Public Affairs Department, Mr. John Kapi, has been addressing the media this afternoon, and some of the more practices that he mentioned include foreign materials that were found in the candidates in the examination hall. Some of them included mobile phones, some saw um, brought in textbooks, and others also brought in torn notebooks. Some also included um, the taking of snapshots of the examination papers into, um, they, they, they sent them on social media trying to circulate the questions for others to get access to them. Some also included impersonation. So there is an instance where um, they told us that only believe senior high school in Kukwantumi, they found a national service person who attempted to write the government paper for one of the candidates. Some also included the um, inside examination hall syndicate cheating. So people in the examination hall tried to collude and also uh, tried to um, cheat the system. So these are some of the more practices that Mr. John Kapi mentioned during the press conference today. Mm. Did he mention if there have been any arrests though? 
Oh, yes. You mentioned that a number of people have been arrested, but he failed to give a number to it. According to Mr. Kabi, they are still in the examination period and did not um, finish with arresting, um, telling and categorizing those people who were um, apprehended. So he's saying that at the end of the examination period, they are going to come up with the number of people who were involved in the practice. So they will come up with the number of individuals, the number of students, and also the number of um, teachers who were found culpable in those situations. So that is what Mr. John Kathy has been telling us. Thank you very much, Kwesi Ade Kwating. And my producers have asked me to write to West African Examination Council 100 times, so I write another exam from WIAC. And that's how we take a quick break here on the Midday News here on Joy 99.7 FM. The Midday News is sponsored by Petrol Soul, your clean fall in full quantity. Petrol Soul is always a delightful experience. Also brought to you by Duroplus Ghana Limited, producers of quality PVC and H. HDP pipes and water tank. Where Duraplus goes, water flows. We've been hearing that uh, the Ghana Police Service has yielded to Parliamentary Ad Hoc Committee and suspended the interdiction of three officers in alleged plot to oust the IGP to allow investigations to continue. We've been hearing from the lawyers as they say the officers remain unfazed. And also, uh, we'll take a quick break. We will return with sports and then massive African swine fever outbreak ravaging pig farms in Kwewu West Municipality, killing almost 600 pigs. Up to date, we have over 530 uh, pigs and piglets that have already died. Now we have only 20 uh, uh, piglets left. When budgets are tight and money difficult to come by, you want to be sure you get the best value for your money. These are not times to be spending money fixing expensive engine problems because of cheap fuel and lubricants. Drive to a petrol source station today and buy your quality fuel and lubricants and rest assured of fuel that lasts long and lubricants that prevent expensive engine problems. Hear the sound. <laughs> petrol source, clean fuel in full quantity. Imagine say water wake up at dawn. In no both. In no chop. Where it vanish for your area for two weeks. Uh-huh. You not get one drop safe inside your tanku. Hey. Hadia, our life was in dangerous. Only our neighbor get water with water tank. Water, water tank? Yes. Water tank. Mamma mia. That water tank gets meter for checking water level. That water tank be fine past masses and legion. <laughs> That water tank be tough like Ghana and that water tank they carry water pe, 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 so say some logo left inside the supply tank. Mm. What a tank! That's my boss, Mr. Foncho Gotor. <laughs> Beautiful, durable, with water level indicator and accurate volume of water. Water tank. What a tank by Duraplast. Thanks for staying with us. Time for sports. Yep, Bye. I really like your job. Thank you. This Thank one, you. Yeah. I should be Friday. in it. Mm, I should. Today is Friday. Dream I mean, I'll be back. Yeah. yeah. After the segments, let's go to the mosque. I will take you. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch the Ghana game yesterday? I didn't have the heart to, so I didn't oh, really? watch. Yes. Oh, we won, but many Ghanaians were really not happy at all. Mm. Yeah. And it has raised concerns about the team's ability to win the AFCON next year. Central African Republic. Uh, 2-1. We trailed and we had to come from behind. But, but Chris Hilton is saying the only thing important is the result, not the performance. It's, it's always about the ending. The ending is it that we won the game 
I think in the end we could have won it more comfortably with more goals. So we continue to work. In international football you don't have the players for very long and the squad can change from one game to the next. So, but you do the best you can in the period of time that you have. So yeah, Chris Hilton there. Up next for the Black Stars is an international friendly against Liberia. That's on Tuesday next week. Liberia. Yes. Okay. At the Accra Sports Stadium. So we we'll have game plan later today. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yes, at <laughs> 1 p.m. And we will heavily dwell on the Black Stars. Okay. We can't wait for that. Now, the Ghana Association of Banks has made it clear they will not participate in any form of domestic debt exchange program as they demand official communication from government ending the exercise. Chief Executive of the Association, John Ewa, says any more bidding on the banks will collapse more most of the operations. Government reached an agreement with banks to restructure 15 billion Ghana CDs of locally issued US dollar bonds and cocoa bills, which was a key condition for the IMF deal. John Iwa wants government to make its position on the exchange official. I'm not sure as a country there's any kind of appetite mm. for any round of yes. uh, domestic debt. Domestic yeah. debt. Yeah. The local bondholders have taken a, lo- a lot of hits. Mm. Um, you, all, you, know, you all have heard, you know, even the central bank, the kind of troubles that you know, um, in terms of what they did to make sure the process moved forward and the media and the public outcry. So uh, their appetite at this stage, in my view, I'm not sure uh, there is any kind of space to accommodate mm. another round. I don't know. Well, the Minister of State of the Finance Ministry, Dr. Mohamed Amin Adam, is, however, urging the banks to participate in the yet-to-be-opened exchange. The cocoa bills, as you know, uh, it's, it's, it's ongoing, but we have extended, uh, I think, to Friday. Uh, Were you struggling this, this, to get people to participate? No, I think the Bank of Ghana is discussing, uh, you know, some regulatory issues with the, the banks, bank. you know, because the commercial banks have demanded some forbearance, additional forbearances, and the Bank of Ghana is discussing that with them. And so we want to give them that opportunity to make progress on those discussions. I want to encourage them to participate when we reopen. For those of them who have access, shortly, I'm not able to give you definite time, but it will be done uh, shortly, because they will face challenges such as liquidity, you know, uh, to to, to pay, and then also tradability of their bonds is going to be a problem Mm -hmm. uh, for them. Eventually, their bonds will lose value. And and so when we reopen for them, uh, it is in their interest uh, to, to participate. I'll take you now to the eastern region. Our stop is the Kewu West Municipality, where an African swine fever is ravaging pig farms. Local farmer Dr. Kwisioso has been hit hard by this outbreak, losing almost 600 of his pigs and incurring a loss of 2.2 million Ghana cities. The veterinary office for Kewu West confirmed the outbreak, emphasizing that while it doesn't pose a threat to humans, it spreads rapidly. We can hear from Dr. Kwisioso, a farmer. After a test was carried out, uh, in Accra, they find out that uh, swine uh, fever, African swine fever, this is the case that we have here. Um, up to date, we have over 530 uh, pigs and piglets that have already died. Now we have only 20 uh, uh, piglets left in the farm. Now, I don't know what to do. All what I'm, uh, I'm trying to do is to wait until the, uh, the system will be cleared up. I think the doctors are, have been coming here, the, uh, the vets are here, and the directors are here. So uh, we are waiting for them to tell us the way forward. 
Now, here's a catch. Even though Municipal Veterinary Director Dr. Mark Ousu notes that the meat from affected pigs can be safely consumed if boiled above 60 degrees Celsius, the disease is rapidly spreading. Okay. The farmers, we are advising all of them to be patient um, and do not uh, allow any new pig to come to your farm. Do not move your pigs. Um, do not sell the pigs within Kau West. Um, we, we are organizing a, a seminar for the farmers. So we put them through all the do's and don'ts. But for now, they should all calm down. The situation is under control. Zoomers of pigs, yeah. The virus does not affect uh, human beings, so consumers of pigs are, are safe. Yeah, just that uh, the, the farms that are affected, we don't want uh, the, the pig meat to go outside due to the spread. Well, the Municipal Agricultural Director of Kwewu West, Francis Dugbache, says his office in collaboration with farmers are committed to containing the outbreak. I want to advise all pig farmers within Kwewu West that if you have pigs and you observe some unusual signs, please approach the veterinary unit of the Department of Outbreak. We also have our extension officers scattered all over. Please let them know so we contain the virus. And that's how we wrap up today's edition of the Midday News. But not before we talk about flirtation or office flirtation. And that was a topic on um, the Super Morning Show. And Dr. Angela Jamnabwaji has indicated why moral consciousness is needed in curtailing harassment in office spaces. It's also very interesting when the world pretends that women are not found in certain places that makes it 